Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tiara Mitchell. And, and you are listening to, to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. In this episode, episode nine of the Holistic Hope Podcast, join Dr. Kate and I as Dr. Kate helps go over some terms that I didn't quite understand in our previous interview. Please use this episode to keep in mind that if you ever have any questions, don't be shy. Reach out, let us know whether it has to do something with what we've talked about in a previous interview or a topic we haven't even touched on before. We're happy to help and we're here for you. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What is a pesiotomy? They feel like it's not big enough. And when they're laying down face up, that literally closes up the sacrum. And then the, the, the pole, basically, the baby comes out from the canal to about a third. So oh. that goes up a third. And then you're trying to, you know, push this baby out naturally. That's why a lot of you mentioned in your birth that you did not want to lay down because it literally closes about a third. And how much more work is that, you know? Is it was. And it's so interesting you brought it up like that because for me, how it felt, and I don't know if this is going to help somebody. This is really why I want to say it. How it felt was if I felt, because I was squat. I was sitting up like this, squatting, pushing her out. And when they were trying to lay me down, I literally felt like if I stop doing this, she's going to stop coming. I need to stay like this. Yeah, you know, you knew kind of the idea of what was coming. And so with the episiotomy, the, it's basically breaking up the word like epi. It's like the epi part, the outer part of the, um, the layer. And otomy is basically like the cut. So basically the, it's cutting of the perineum, basically. Of no! Where it comes out of to make the whole thing <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know. It's a lot of people is like, um, they sometimes the, the doctors sometimes do warn you or sometimes I've heard stories where um, they don't warn you, just snip it. And then by the they time just you cut. feel, um, you know, they're like, oh, I need to sew you back up because it's cut or it's from a tear and you, you sew it back up because a lot of times I got a tear. Yeah. A tear is usually why um, doctors tend to do it. Um, I mean, we might need to talk to an obstetrician or a gynecologist, um, you know, in general, okay. teacher, why that happens. But um, that's kind of the reason why their logic is we should cut it. Before. I mean, it's a tear anyways, might as well cut it and then make it so it's cleaner. Mm, so it's faster. Okay. Yeah. So the, imagine like that cut. So when she was talking about certain things of like that stitching, that tearing, that recovery, from those scar tissue is it's from that because everyone's scar tissue okay. is different and how they heal is so different okay yeah and also when she well. mentioned about the <clears throat> the uterus and the um you know how it contracts all these different things when it comes out is um so i don't know if you have you ever heard of the webster technique um Mm-mm. no and so webster technique is usually um very common in pregnancy so it's basically chiropractors who are pregnant moms in um, to help, you know, the pelvis be more optimal, be more comfortable, not only for the mom, but in, in uh, indirectly, um, we don't, chiropractors don't do obstetry at, or in general because we don't interact with the baby because that's like a different uh, practice in the U.S. But in, in the regards of to help the mom's pelvis open up 
uh, a little better, kind of move a little better and not have, a, you know, all these distortions that happen during pregnancy. So there's three main ways, um, according to the William Obstetrics um, primary reason um, for the reason of dystocia. So basically dystocia is <clears throat> um, prolonged labor. So there's three reasons for that. So the reason is either the power, like the mom doesn't have the power to push the baby. Mm. Oh, the second reason, the passageway may be obstructed or is taking longer for certain reasons. Like I mentioned, if you're laying down, that does um, kind of interfere with the passageway and also the passenger, the baby mm. um, presentation of how they're you know, going head down. Is it like feet down? All these different things. So when working with a chiropractor, our goal is to help the spine, obviously, um, you know, allow it to function, the nerves function, and those nerves, literally in the lumbar nerves, helps innervate to the, the uterus and also the sacral nerves into the pelvic area. And so what happens is during that time, the natural birth, the brain basically is set signals from your pelvis back up. So if you imagine the muscle nerves to the brain, that's like the order in a sense, kind of works together. Now what happens is when certain things of the three things I mentioned is disrupted or you have pain medication that stops that contraction of the mom knowing what to do, it gets interrupted and then prolongs labor even more, making it more complicated. So mm. about the mindset aspect is <clears throat> when, you know, you feel like you can't do it or you, you don't know how you connect with the baby because during the whole process, you, those hormones, those chemicals is happening. But when it's interrupted due to drugs, due to too much stress, due to all these different things, it's hard to even um, almost coordinate what to feel because all these different things right. stop the process, the natural process of what's supposed to happen. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because I experienced that a lot in my labor. Mm -hmm. um, with Madeline, the oldest, mm -hmm. I hadn't slept in two days before I went into labor. Like I just couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I thought I was going to go home and take a nap, I was in labor. So, and I think I mentioned with the interview with Christine, I ended up finding relief to take a nap. Mm -hmm. But I felt very like groggy and the only medicine I had with that one was fentanyl mm -hmm. um and I don't think I ha even had the fentanyl at this time but I felt really groggy and I just remember like not under like I felt like I didn't understand what was going on and I was just like I just want to get through it and it wasn't until I took the nap I got the fentanyl and I was able to nap and then I felt so much better. Like I was like, oh, okay, we're having a baby kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was the same way. So to speak to the body, not getting something it need, I was definitely lacking sleep. I was hungry. I was about to eat also before I went to labor mm -hmm. and I couldn't sit down or swallow anything. And that was kind of when I was like, hmm, I don't think these are Braxton Hicks anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so, yeah, so for my second baby, I called myself trying to stay on top of that because mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to feel it again. But where I felt the disconnect that you mentioned was when I didn't recognize the ring of fire sensation that I was having. And mm -hmm. that put me into a state of everything stops. What's this feeling? Is something wrong? I'm going to die. And then when the nurse said, 
you know, I had read about it. So when she said that's during the fire, I was like, oh, and it was like something switched on. It was like, okay, back in action. Mm-hmm. So that does make sense when you're the disconnect. Yeah. So imagine the stress of it too. Like stress also interferes with how your nerves are functioning and then gives mm-hmm. you air flight to where you kind of cramp up. Everything just kind of like, oh, halt. But that's not what you... And that's kind of to what... Can, can that experience also happen outside of labor? Um, thinking of how Romy was talking about with tears and constipation, you're afraid to go to the bathroom because you're afraid it's going to hurt. So everything kind of like tightens up and you can't relax enough to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also one part of it as well. Because when you're just tightening so much, imagining the whole fight or flight, it's just like all the muscles have that blood supply. And the internal organs are not its priority at the moment. Because a mm. lot of you want to do when you're chased by a tiger is to pee or poo, right? So <laughs> you do that first and then you could actually do it, you know? But like in the chronic version of it, it's like, no, you just like clamp up. You have to run. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting, which is a good point to bring up meditation and mindfulness to be able to cap- capture the panic or whatever feeling is making you clench up so that you can release it and be able to do what you need to do mm-hmm. in whatever sense, which I guess we'll have to find some specialists to talk about how the heck you can do that in labor. Actually, because <laughs> I was, yeah. Christine was talking about it. I just realized I um, have a instagram friend <laughs> basically she's a hypno um therapist awesome uh, she, oh she does she does hypnotherapy uh and so we could maybe invite her for a next and dive up a little bit more and back exactly like what that looks like mentally um mm-hmm. so we can actually ask some questions in regards to that in the mindset aspect because sometimes <sighs> physically is usually a reaction of the mindset and the right in general, right like kind of playing on each other and so we can definitely dive a lot more into that later I'll ask oh yes I would love that one okay um I did have another question <laughs> maybe that's what we should make these talks so can you clarify my medical questions for me <laughs> I didn't want to stop her I know she has so many different <laughs> goals. no it's not stop her I get what she's saying <laughs> I was like yeah we'll we'll figure this out Kate will tell me d can we talk about being de-estronized mm, okay and what I I understand what it means from like common sense kind of standpoint but what is going on with the body when it's happening and then especially with us having a more holistic approach outside of birth control are there ways to improve your estrogen levels mm-hmm. so so just going over the cycle in general um in regards to menstruation so there's obviously there's four different phases in our cycle right just to kind of lay out foundation um, so there's the menses, the follicular phase, and the ovulation and, and the luteal phase. And so what happens is um, when you get your menses and you bleed, um, that's usually when you basically kind of shed the layers of your uterus, right? From if you didn't um, get pregnant from the ovulation. So when that is happening, um, and then you're going towards that follicular phase where your follicles are actually maturing into 
uh, an egg in general, mm-hmm. your estrogen will tend to rise as well as your luteinizing hormone and your follicular um, stimulate hormone. So those three things would rise. And so when those are rising during the ovulation phase, like how I mentioned, um, ovulation is almost like a springtime, like a summertime. And of, oh, hey, you know, I'm good. I can go out. I can do my best stuff, right? Usually that's what it is. Um, and then usually that's when you get your cervical mucus, you know, gets a little bit, you know, moist and damp and all those different things to welcome a sperm. Okay. That's when your estrogen is rising. When she's mentioning de-estrogenizing, in a sense, she's talking about how you don't have enough estrogen for a certain reason that's happening due to the rest of the hormones. So when all these three Mm -hmm. different things are rising, that literally kind of preempts all the cervical mucus, the moisture and everything there. And that's kind of what you need during sex, (laughs) right? And so you don't have that. Um, Mm. Imagine how dry... Um, how you don't right. have lubrication, that is painful sex. And how you're forcing something in through very dry tissue in a, in a very smaller canal or whatever canal it is during for the person, based on the person. And so that's the reason why it could be so painful because those hormones that are meant to do that are not there because they interact with each other. And so. Right, so... But she mentioned, she mentioned how like it could really affect, um, I guess she was talking, I can't remember what she was talking about. I just remember her talking about it in happening with the vagina. But my question, my biggest question is, is there a way to repair your estrogen levels without chemicals, Mm -hmm. hormones? So what happens is, so during the whole like, pregnancy you know postpartum every all the hormones are kind of like trying to do its thing to mm-hmm. help you and the baby survive and so after postpartum wise um a lot of times people focus on just the sex hormones and focus like what can i do to increase it or decrease it or all these different things right so that's the reason why when people talk about fertility how do i make sure my egg quality hormone um that amh hormone um is at its best so I can actually have the best, you know, egg, certain things like that. And a lot of people don't recognize or don't um, kind of include the holistic aspect to it. Certain things like insulin, um, other hormones like, you know, vitamin D, all these different things that are needed for your health, um, especially your thyroid hormone too, are to tend to be kind of off balance. And people don't look at those hormones and only focus on the, like the ones I mentioned, the estrogen, the progesterone, all these different things that focus on like sex, right? Mm-hmm. And so when the rest of the things, like if you are um, insulin uh, insensitive or if you have certain things like diabetes or if you have certain things like um, PCOS, what else is there? Uh, all these different conditions that deal with your health or uh, gestational diabetes is one of them that seems to rise in a lot of pregnant moms. That interferes with the rest of your hormones, right? And so, and a lot of times people don't eat enough. And when they don't eat enough, everything else suffers. Their bodies tend to, you know, focus on the part what they do have. And so a lot of people are nutrient depleted or insufficient. And so that in itself is making sure you eat enough nutrient-dense foods, um, things that are needed for your body to heal normally. And so I can like put out a list in the future. Mm-hmm. 
what that looks like, but it can be different for each person because some people may be more anemic oriented because they're not able to digest. When you're not able to digest, you don't absorb your nutrients. And then that's a whole different category as well, right? Or you can't digest because you're so stressed out causing that issue. So what is really the root cause to why you can't absorb those nutrients? Is it because you're not eating enough? Is it because you're too stressed? Or is it you're, um, you, you, all these different things are happening in your body and your body is trying to prioritize what's going on. So it's all these different causes and what's really best is to focus on what's your own cause individually. So we can not, you know, throw every protocol at you and you do literally everything. So having a good baseline, knowing what your baseline is, you know, pre, pre um, before pregnancy, during pregnancy and postpartum is a great start. So you can actually put in what you need and recover and heal. Hmm. Cool. Okay. And that concludes this week's episode of the Holistic Hope Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We would like to invite you to continue the conversation with us online. Check the show notes to see where you can connect with Dr. Kate, myself, our guests, and the rest of the Holistic Hope community to dive deeper into ways we can create generational healing through love. See you next week. And until then, stay well, friends.